At a time like this, we're reminded that the church is not a building. It has never been a building, and it never will be a building. The church is God's people, wherever gathered or scattered. That's the church. Now, for the present, our church is scattered throughout our our different neighborhoods and, and communities. And, you know, this is an inconvenience. It really is. But what are some of the positive things about all of this? Well, we have a real opportunity to show the love of God to those in our community. And, and we have a unique opportunity to share the hope that there is in Jesus Christ, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to live out what it really means to trust God in difficult times, not just to do church, but to be the church. What an opportunity we have to reach out to our one, and I hope you're doing that. I hope you're, you're reaching out to your one. I hope that you call them and let, you, let them know that you're praying for them and, and to be ready to help them in any way possible. And also, maybe to be able to have a kind of at-distance conversation with them about Jesus Christ. You know, people are freaking out. They really are. Uh, There's a lot of fear and anxiety out there. Have you been to the grocery store lately? (laughs) And man, it's an effort just to get a roll of toilet paper. It really is. People are worried. People are afraid. You know, people are thinking, whether they verbalize it or not, but people are thinking, am I going to get sick? Is my loved one going to get sick? How about my elderly Parents, um, will they make it through this? Will I lose my job? Um, will I lose my, lose my life savings? Um, have you checked your 401k recently? Don't do it. Please don't do it. I, I don't advise that at all. You know, these are uncertain times, but we can be absolutely certain of this. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God is in control. Now, there's not a lot of good news being reported these days, but I have some very, very good news for you this morning. We can trust God in troubled times. Uh, If you have your Bibles before, you just um, turn to uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And listen to me as I read this portion of God's Word. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, Bill and Gloria Gaithard um, wrote a little chorus that goes like this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim, kings and kingdoms will pass away, but there is something 
about that name. Yes, there is something about the precious name of Jesus Christ. In our scripture today, we learn some encouraging truths about Jesus Christ. The first truth is this. You can trust Jesus in troubled times because he is the greatest. You can trust Jesus in troubled times because he is the greatest. Jesus is the greatest. There's no one like him. Hebrews tells us, first of all, that Jesus is the greatest because of who he is. Listen to verse 14 again. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Don't give up when trouble comes your way. Hold fast to your belief and faith in Jesus Christ. There are two names given for our Lord here, Jesus, the Son of God. And of course, Jesus is his human name. If you remember the angel, he came to Joseph and he said, Mary shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, Jesus was born like any other man. He came in the likeness of human flesh, the Bible says, with a human body and a human spirit, just like us, yet without sin. And the second name that we're given for our Lord is the Son of God. And that's his divine name. Jesus is God. Again, the angel announced to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So when you put these two names or titles together, Jesus and the Son of God, it tells us who Jesus really is. He is both God and man. There's never been anyone like Jesus and there never shall be anyone like Jesus. He is totally unique. He possesses both a human nature and a divine nature. He is the God-man. 100% God, 100% humanity. Perfect humanity, absolute deity. Jesus is the all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing God, the Son of Man and the Son of God. He's the greatest In fact, he's the only true superhero there is. Just think for a moment about what we are all facing today. Jesus is infinitely greater than any foe, any disease, any virus, any danger that comes our way. Jesus is the greatest because of who he is. But also, Jesus is the greatest because of what he has done because of what he has done. Again, listen to verse 14, the first part of the verse. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Notice that little phrase, passed through the heavens. What does this tell us about Jesus? Well, it specifically speaks of his ascension, but it tells us, I believe, far more than that. It gives us, I believe, a snapshot of the work of Jesus Christ. It gives us a snapshot of what Jesus came to do. It gives us a snapshot of the total gospel. 
It tells the gospel story that Jesus died, he was buried, he was raised from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he is now seated at the Father's right hand as our great high priest. In the Old Testament, the high priest interceded for the people. Well, Jesus is our great high priest. And as our great high priest, he is interceding for you and me right now at the Father's right hand. He knows everything about you. He knows about everything that you're going through. He knows about your anxieties. He knows about your fears. He knows all of this. He knows your needs. And he is praying for God to supply your every need. In this time of uncertainty, it's good to know that Jesus is praying to the Father for us right now. You know, this isn't pie-in-the-sky theology. This is reality. It's a blessing for people to pray for us. You know, it's a blessing when someone walks to, uh, up to us and say, I'm praying for you, and, and, and we know that they're sincere about that. that. That's a blessing. But to have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, praying for us, well, that's just out of this world. He's the greatest. We can trust him in troubled times. You know, Sandy Petty, I'm, I'm uh, revealing my age. Uh, Sandy Petty used to sing a song that has been a great encouragement to me over the years. And it goes something like this. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. When you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, you can trust his heart. Yes, even though we don't understand, even though we can't see his plan, even though we can't trace his hand, we can trust his heart. When I was in Holland a few years ago, I actually stumbled across the home of Corrie ten Boone in the city of Arlem. And I was so excited that I, that I found the hiding place. I'm sure you know the story. Corey and her family hid Jews in their home during the Holocaust, during World War II. They were finally um, betrayed by a supposing friend. And their entire family was arrested by the Nazis and sent to a concentration camp. Her father, her mother, her sister all died in that hellish camp. Corey was the only survivor. Yet in the midst of all she suffered, her trust in God never wavered. I want to read just a, a line that she wrote during that horrible experience in her life. She wrote in her diary, There is no pit so deep that God isn't deeper still. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Just yesterday, I saw a clip from one of Billy Graham's early crusades. And I believe it speaks volumes to where we are today. This is what Mr. Graham said. The prophet Habakkuk asked God, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, Habakkuk, I'm not going to tell you. Because if I told you what I'm doing, you wouldn't believe it. Friends, if God told us today what he is doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it either. Don't think that God has given up, abdicated, and left the throne. 
He hasn't. He's still on his throne. And those of us who know him and put our trust in him, we put our trust in him every day, regardless of the experience we go through. We don't put our trust in Washington. We don't put our trust in the United Nations. We don't put our trust in ourselves. We don't put our trust in our money. We put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest fails, crumbles, and shatters, he'll be there. How true that is. We can trust Jesus in troubled times because he is the greatest. He's the greatest. But secondly, we learn from this great passage, we can trust Jesus in troubled times because he cares for you. You can trust God in troubled times because he cares for you. Listen to verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. The word sympathize, it means to share the experiences of someone or to walk in someone else's shoes. That's what Jesus did when he came into this world. He came to walk in our shoes. And because Jesus took upon himself a human body and a human spirit and became a man, he's able to share our life experiences. He is able to sympathize with us in our hurts, our pains, our sorrows, our disappointments, our troubles, our weakness. He's able to sympathize with us because he has been there. He has walked in our shoes. Dr. William Barclay, great Bible teacher, tells the story of a missionary nurse serving in the Philippines at the outbreak of World War II. She served the Filipino people faithfully until the winds of war blew her way. And she was forced to return to her home in the United States. Much later, she heard the news that the Japanese had invaded the Philippine Islands. For the most part, this was no big deal. For Americans anyway, the Philippines was a long ways off. And after all, it's war and things like this happen in wartime. But the news broke this young missionary's heart. What made the difference between this missionary and the rest of the world? The difference was this. She had been there. She loved the Philippine people. Philippines was her home. She had been there. And my friend, when you've been there, it makes all the difference in the world. We have a Savior who has been there. He has walked in our shoes. No matter what we go through in life, there's never a time that Jesus cannot say to you and me, I have been there. And he is with us now. You know, I'm like most men. I, I hate to stop and ask for directions. It's just a man thing. That's all it is. And after I've been driving around lost for maybe an hour or so, Cindy will finally say, Norman, please stop and ask for directions. Well, I swallow my manly pride, pull over and ask someone for directions. And he says, I'm sorry, man. I'm not from around here. And finally, I can find someone who can tell me the way. Now, this is what I've discovered. The only person who can help you when you're lost and don't know where you're going is someone who has been there. 
when we're lost, when we're confused, when we don't know where to turn, Jesus can help you because he's been there. He cares for you. You know, the old hymn says it best. Does Jesus care when my heart is pain too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. But there's a third reason we can trust Jesus in troubled times, and that is because he has all you need. (laughs) He has all you need. Listen to verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. I love that. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All we need to make it through the experiences of life, no matter how tough they might be, is found in those two words, mercy and grace. And the good news is God's mercy and grace is always there. All we have to do is what the text tells us to do. Come boldly to the throne of grace. It's ours for the asking. Just come and get it. It's ours for the asking. God's grace and God's mercy is always there. There's never a shortage. Growing up, my family... And I spent many of the summer months on the coast. And, you know, there's something that I observe by spending so much time around the seashore. The waves of the seashore never cease to roll in. One after another, they keep coming and coming and coming. You know, God's mercy and grace is is like that. God's mercy and grace is always there when you need it. Not a moment too early and not a moment too late. Like the waves of the seashore, God's mercy and God's grace is always there. You know, I can't help but think of the Apostle Paul. He went through a tough time. He went to a, through a great time of testing. He speaks of it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He speaks of it as a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, we don't know the nature of Paul's thorn. God doesn't tell us. And maybe the reason he hasn't told told us is because, you know, we can best identify with Paul in his suffering. Well, Paul cries out to God three times to take this thorn away. But God's answer was, no, I'm not going to take it away right now. My grace is sufficient for you. My friend, what was true for Paul in his crisis is true for us today in the midst of this crisis. God's grace is sufficient. Jesus is all we need. We can trust him. Again, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Notice those last four words, in time of need. Uh, Paul's not talking about the everyday trials and troubles that we go through on a, a daily basis. 
He's talking about that special time of trial. He's talking about that particular special time of trial and difficulty, that, that really rough time. And Paul is saying, at a time like this, God's mercy and grace is always available. All we need to do is just come boldly to the throne of grace. Just take it to Jesus right now. We can trust him. (laughs) That's the message of Hebrews. We can trust him because he is the greatest. We can trust him because he cares for us. We can trust him because he is all we need. Let me ask you, are you a little scared? Tell it to Jesus. Are you fearful? Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious? I think we all are. (laughs) Tell it to Jesus. Are you confused by all of this? Tell it to Jesus. I close with this old hymn. Maybe you know it. Are you weary or heavy-hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious? What shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. God bless you. We'll be doing this each and every Sunday for you to watch. God bless you. Keep safe. And we want you to know that we love you very much. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much that you are still on your throne, that you're in control, and that we can trust you no matter what comes our way. Because you're the greatest. (laughs) Because you care for us. And because you have everything we need. We pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.